the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be, to simply be with Him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. Have you ever decided just to simply go, to simply go to your city? I think it's so important. You know, it says in Isaiah 6, 8, uh, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Have you ever said, Here am I? send me. I'm ready. I'm willing to go. You know, he might send you on a mission trip around the world somewhere, or he might just send you to your neighborhood, to your office, to your school, to your community, to your city. He might even send you in prayer and that could be your role, but he usually, he, he couples prayer with action. And so he might send you in prayer and then also in action. You know, I love that. Uh, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Here am I. Send me. You know, it was a cold and wintry, snowy day in Columbus, and we didn't want to leave our wood stove um, and hot chocolate at home. (laughs) Finally, the weekend was here. Finally, you know, we could just enjoy. We had this little wood-burning stove and hot chocolate and, you know, just wanted to be home. You know how you feel like when it's a cold, snowy day, you just want to be home. You don't want to go anywhere. And... You know, most families, they were spending Saturday mornings at a school pancake breakfast or sporting event, but we decided to take our boys to deliver food (laughs) and nobody was in the mood. Nobody really wanted to do it, but we decided to do it anyway, uh, to trudge through day old snow and slushy sidewalks. But when we knocked on the first delivery door, as a family, we stood there waiting. And meanwhile, I, I'm just being honest, but meanwhile, my mind was like racing with my to-do list that I had left at home. Have you ever done that? You know, I'm just thinking, I still have laundry to do. I have to go to the store. I need to make dinner. I've got to get, you know, school papers signed to get ready for the weekend. We have church tomorrow, on and on and on. And I'm just standing there with my to-do list racing. But I, I wanted the boys to have this experience. I thought it was important and we were we were waiting there for someone to open. And as the door began to open, I realized what we were doing in that moment was more important than the things that I had on my mind. A very much a disabled man opened the door and he looked at me with a face of relief. And he spoke to us and he said, I can't thank you enough. I was getting really hungry for lunch. And we began carrying in the boxes of food. And once we were in the kitchen, I asked him, I said, do you mind if we pray for you? And he said, of course. And we gathered in this tight little circle to pray. And as we prayed, I really felt God's presence come and fill the room. And God was with us. And God cared really deeply for this elderly man. And, you know, when I had woken up that morning, 
I'd really questioned God. I was like, why are you sending me? It's a wintry day. I don't want to leave our home. You know, and as I returned home that day, my attitude had totally changed. I, I realized, uh, you know, with Isaiah 6, 8 in my mind that God had said, who will, who will I send? Who will go for me today? And we had said as a family, send us. And I, if I was asked again, I said, I would gladly go again. And I was so thankful in that moment. But sometimes it's a process getting there, isn't it? Because, you know, it, it's hard to leave the comforts of our home. It's hard to challenge ourselves. It, it's hard to stretch ourselves, but it's worth it. And I don't know who you know that's helpless or hurting or hungry, but go and go in the name of the Lord. Go today. You know, another way that you can go to your city and you can simply go and love your city is just to host, host in your home. Open up your home. You know, when we were in Kenya recently, the hospitality was incredible. The way they just open their homes and they, they sit and they have tea and they talk and they fellowship, these long conversations and time isn't so urgent there. They're, they're, they're not under as much pressure to rush and to race through the day. They want to sit and look you in the eye and talk to you and spend time together. It's part of their culture. It's a beautiful thing. And I was remembering a time when we were a young couple and we opened our apartment to uh, teenagers. You know, we just, we said we're going to host in our home, small group, and we had a six-month-old baby. And, you know, I think about that because there's no easy time in your life to do it. You know, you'll say, oh, I have a baby, I can't, I can't host. Or you'll say, oh, you know, my, my, my kids are in elementary and they're playing soccer, I can't, I can't host, my house is too messy. Or, you know, uh, now I, I'm an empty nester and we want to do exciting things or whatever, I can't host. No, no, you can host. This was an apartment. This, we had a baby. And again and again and again, We've opened our home to hosting, and I think I, I, you'll just never regret that. Because when you give to others for with what you've been given, God shows up. So hosting regularly, it's not an easy task, but it's worth it when you go the extra mile. And I just remember one evening I had the baby happily swinging in his little baby swing. And we had the first knock on the door for our small group, and the first guest arrived. And when I opened the door, I, it was a guy named Mike. And I noticed that he brought a friend with him, a, a girlfriend with him. And she immediately glanced away from me, from me when I welcomed her. I was like, come on in. And um, she, she was an older teenager. She was older than him. And she had a, just a really dark demeanor. Um, and she immediately came into the corner of the room and sat down in the corner, pulled her knees up against her chest and put her head down. And I thought, oh, boy. Um, that was not a great welcome, was it? She was in all black, and I thought, oh, we have our work cut out from, uh, for us. And Mike said, don't worry, it's okay. I'm just glad she came. And so we're like, okay, great, we're glad she came. So she sat there, and, you know, everybody was arriving, and we had chips and brownies, and she's over there in a cul- curled-up ball. She she would not interact. We tried to talk to her, no response. The baby was still swing, swinging, and so we began to sing and, and pray. We read scripture together, and everybody tried to reach out to the girl, but she was really unmoved, and it was apparent that she just had a deep depression, and it was almost smothering her. So once everybody said goodbye and, and everyone left, Doyle and I got on our knees, and we said, God, only you can reach 
such depths of pain. And we just need you to come, Lord, come and, and rescue her. And so the following weeks, same routine. We had our brownies. We had our chips. We would sing. We would read. We would pray. And she would come. And and Mike would come. And she just would say nothing. She, she wouldn't say anything to anybody. And she would sit in the corner. Um, but as soon as they left again, every week we would pray again. And so the weeks would go by. And... You know, I vacuumed the carpet until the house had, you know, fresh vacuum marks, candles lit. And this one night we were totally ready and the doorbell rings and there they were at the door. And this time she was different. She was totally different. She was glowing and she was smiling. She had, I just remember because she had this pale yellow, like summery t-shirt on with white lettering. And I was like, wow, she's only ever been in black, you know? And she said, she looked me in the eye and she said, thank you so much for inviting me to your home. And I just want you to know that I've been really happy to be as part of this small group. And I was like, okay, I'm thrilled to have you, you know, like, wow, come on in. How are you? Like, you seem great. And she began to pour out her heart and she just shared how she'd been listening to us from the corner of the room and that it just took week after week of hearing and, and, and listening to the music and the singing and that God had softened her heart and that she had received Jesus into her life. And it had just taken some time and she, she was so desperate for a change and she had come in such a dark place, but that he had melted away her feelings of rejection and depression. And I was like, wow. You know, and it felt like it happened overnight, but it really didn't. It was weeks. But when it happens, it always feels like, wow, this is so amazing, isn't it? It makes everything worth it. It made all of it worth it. And what was really fun is years later, she sent me a note in the mail. So when we moved to Columbus, she sent me this note and it explained how she had built her life on that foundation from that small group and that she had wanted to share her story with teenagers because that was when it made such a difference in her life. And so she became a camp counselor and she saw so many teenagers transformed by Christ in the same way that she had been changed. And uh, her favorite scripture was Psalm 139, 11, and I'll read it to you. And it says, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Isn't that beautiful? That was her life verse. And I'll never forget that. And I, I just, I tell you that story to challenge you. Open your home. Open your home. Maybe you only have an apartment. Maybe you have little children. Maybe it is messy. But kids don't care. Teenagers don't care. And all they need is a bag of chips and some worship music and some love. And they will sit around your living room and be transformed by the power of God. God wants us to go. He wants us to reach out. If we just stay with ourselves, we're going to self implode. It, it, it's not, it's not enough. And so some people, the challenge is we're just to share the Lord with them, invite them, welcome them in. Some people, there's an actual physical need, like the elderly man that we took the food to that day. He had a physical need. That's another way that we can simply go and simply share. And then some people, they need 
a, a heart transformation. You know, I, I'll tell you one more and then we'll go. But I, I remember a special woman. She walked into my office one day. She had been defined by the sex trafficking industry. And uh, she had a life without a lot of good, cho- good choices. She was addicted, abused. She was abandoned. And um, if she was seen walking in the streets of Columbus, many recognized her and they knew that she was involved in the sex trade. It truly defined her life. And the the depth of her pain was so indescribable. I don't even know how you describe such pain, but grief after grief after grief and loss. And we sat together with the physical beauty of this woman was faded behind a, a, a broken nails, wrinkled eyes and a, a faded tan. And, um, but she had his name, you know, she had a name and we sat in my office and I prayed with her and she received Jesus. She received healing and hope for her brokenness. And I helped her to get a plan and to get a process so that she could rebuild her life. And I'm just here to tell you that she has done really well, really, really well. And she has a hope and a future. God may be calling you to the, those that hurt the most, those that are hurting the most. He might be calling you to them today. I challenge you to go, to simply go. (laughs) I'm Jennifer Jackson, and you are listening to Simply for Women. Go to JenniferJackson.com on the break, and we have a fabulous testimony coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.